our uh, text that uh, gives us a frame of reference here. We'll be uh, referring back to it. So this is Paul writing to the church at Philippi. Praise the Lord. So Philippians chapter 3, 13 through 15. Why don't you stand one final time here before you get too comfortable? Praise the Lord. Darren, it's good to see you, brother, all the way from Mississippi. Praise the Lord. Ah, this uh, heat up here probably don't even phase you. It's probably air conditioned compared to Mississippi. Praise the Lord. Good to have you, brother Darren. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Philippians chapter 3, <clears throat> 13 through 15. These are very familiar. You can probably quote them. Okay. Paul writes and he says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. Everybody say minded. And if any... <clears throat> Thing ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. You know what I did? I skipped 13, didn't I? Let's go back. I thought for sure somebody would point that out. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Say it with me. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You can be seated. Trust you is able to uh, pick up a lesson uh, handout or study guide as we uh, just kind of uh, journey through this passage. You know, uh, it's usually my style on Wednesday nights here just to uh, take you through a worksheet. Uh, I think... Right off the uh, cuff here, the first l portion or phrase of your study guide is this uh, key sentence that says, one of the most important aspects of renewing our mind involves the healing of our past. Uh, because a memory is a powerful component of the human mind and has an enormous impact uh, on the way we think, the way we feel, about our lives and even uh, the future. And because we live in a fallen world that's uh, filled with pain, it's filled with brokenness, uh, all of us grow older with experiences that scar our memories. And whether it is love and affirmation that we failed to receive as a child, or rejection and abuse we did not deserve. Each of us develops these thinking patterns that grow like scar tissue around these unhealed wounds. And often it can be many, many years later, and after we have reached physical adulthood, before we begin to really face our painful memories and realize how they have impacted our thoughts, our feelings, and our decisions. Does that make sense? So a little newsflash here. Real mental freedom can begin when the painful memories are healed. And how many has ever had an injury 
that healed. Few of us, some of you never had an injury. Oh, yeah, they're starting. Hands are going up. Well, it feels good once that healing is realized, doesn't it? Man, it's a wonder how God creates the body, brother, David, to heal itself. It's a beautiful thing. But there's some things that we have to cooperate with in this healing process, right? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. So we live in this sin-cursed world. We, we accumulate painful memories that control our thoughts, control our emotions, and here's another point on your worksheet. Memories can actually program our minds. Can you imagine you can be programmed by a memory? Memories can program our minds and our lives. Every one of us, have we have this subconscious programming from memories that's accumulated since our birth. Years of anger and years of abuse can program a person's behavior and responses in life in a profound way. Offenses from unloving or unjust actions uh, can create painful memories and program our lives right now, even though years have actually separated us from the year of that event or that offense. Okay? Resentments from uh, uh, insult occur when we store in our heart and mind the real or perceived unloving acts and words of friends or teachers or family or co-workers and bosses and even neighbors and even church family. Hello. Supposed offenses, I think this is on your worksheet, from the past can block Genuine love in the present. Did you see that? Suppressed offenses from the past can block genuine love in the present. For example, your parents didn't give you something you wanted, so you feel they didn't love you. And you believe you're not worthy of being loved now. Now, both are lies, but an offense was created. So now you vow to yourself, well, if I don't ask for anything or if I just don't expect anything, I won't get hurt again. You see that? That's how, that's how we react. That's how we respond oftentimes. It becomes a lifestyle. So, so complete healing requires removing these hidden offenses and hurts and, and false beliefs. I don't know if you've... Uh, heard the name Dr. Caroline Leaf. Uh, she's a Christian communication pathologist, a cognitive uh, brain scientist who has spent years uh, researching and writing. I have one of her books in my office called Who Switched Off My Brain? And uh, she discovered in her years of brain research that what we consciously think, what we consciously say and do, comes from the information and the memory images in the unconscious mind that we have accumulated since birth. And these memories form the perceptual 
foundation or base which we see life and we react to stressful situations. Conscious and subconscious painful memories produce sinful thoughts, unhealthy beliefs that control our emotions, control our behavior. The poet years ago, Patterson Smith, said this. I quote, he said, The ghosts of forgotten actions come floating before my sight. And the things that I thought were dead things were alive with a terrible might. And the vision of all my past life was an awful thing to face, alone with my conscience in that strange and terrible place. Many believers, church, can find themselves in that phrase that the poet wrote, strange and terrible places in their minds. Sometimes memories can reduce us to emotional cripples. Do you know that? If we let them. Anybody ever heard of Elvis? There's a guy from many years ago. Elvis, the cultural, secular music king of his day, he had a popular song called Memories. The first line went something like this. Memories stuck between the pages of my mind. Many of us know what it's like to have memories stuck between the pages of our mind. The psalmist, I thought he may have been feeling something like that when he wrote Psalm 51.3. He said, my sins are always before me. It's like they're stuck there. young lady by the name of Joan. Joan knows about that. Her newborn baby suffocated a few years back. Her child was sleeping in the crib. Joan was showing a friend that had come to visit a new dress. And she took the dry cleaning bag off of her dress and she laid it over her son's crib rail. Her friend pointed that out and said, you better take that plastic bag away from the crib. But Joan was distracted and she forgot and she left the room and a breeze from the window lifted the bag off the rail of the crib and onto the child's face. She came in later to a lifeless child. Now, she said years later, every time she hears a child cry, every time she drives by a dry cleaners, she's devastated by the memory. Can you imagine that? Like a, like a sore toe that somehow manages to always get stepped on. Joan is constantly in pain over a tragic past. She said, there's always something there to remind her. See, I'm talking about problems of the memory. Things we've done could be things we've left undone. Even things done to us that, as somebody said, can kill us softly, so to speak. Angry words. Rejection, abuse, divorce, 
battered childhood experience, a frightening experience with an animal. I had one of those when I was young, and now every time I see an animal of that sort, my mind just thinks of that. Memories can be paralyzing, right? Devastating. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you put your head on your pillow sometimes at night, something from the past begins to stir. A ghost pushes over a tombstone in your conscience and says, Boo, you remember me? Hmm? It's then that the ghosts of forgotten actions come floating before our sight, and the things we thought were dead comes alive with terrible might, as the poet said. See, newsflash, when painful memories flare up, they need to be healed. The psalmist said in Psalm 147.3, He, God, healeth the brokenhearted and bindeth up their wounds. Oh, we've got a God that can heal. Oh, hallelujah. Because life has a way, notice on your worksheet, of repeating itself until we resolve root problems. Have you ever noticed that? Let me say it again. Life has a way of repeating itself until we resolve root problems. If you don't ace the test, you're bound to repeat it. We all have situations in our past that affect the way we live our lives today. We can be living our right now life when all of a sudden it's like, bam, we come across something that triggers old feelings, anxieties, faulty coping mechanisms. We may not have been aware of the pain in our soul before that moment, but now all of a sudden it's flared up again and it bothers us. Maybe it's a photo. Simple thing as a photo can trigger that. For some people, the thought of seeing an old friend can be enough to trigger, trigger anxiety and dread. For some, thoughts about your, your mother or your father are enough to trigger all kinds of hurt and disappointment and, and even anger. There's something about the memory that triggers a negative emotion which is not peace, it's not love, it's not joy. And in a sense, I'm going to tell you tonight, that's good. You say, good? How's it good, Pastor? It's good because our feelings act as a thermometer to the health of our soul. This flare-up is a good thing because these memories, if not healed or resolved, will continue to stalk us. Even when we think we have run far enough away from them, they won't catch up with us. Guess what? So this is still kind of a good thing because, for example, when we experience pain in our physical body, we know that there's a problem that needs to be addressed, right? Likewise, if we experience pain in our mind and in our emotion, it reveals that, hey, there's a wound that needs to be addressed. Too many people go through their entire lives, notice this on your worksheet, emotionally crippled from years of unhealed soul wounds. Their joy in everyday living, I, I, think, I was thinking this afternoon, has been lost somewhere along the way. And it's, it, uh, it's time to begin the healing process when you recognize these, these hurts and these negative emotions. This is, this is how you know it needs to be healed. 
So I want us to tonight um, keep that worksheet handy because we're going to look at some common harmful, first of all, we're going to look at harmful ways we try to handle the painful memories that come back to us, all right? We're going to talk about harmful ones, then we're going to talk about helpful ones. Okay, so number one, under the harmful column, one way we deal with yesterday is to stage and restage the events of the past in our minds. You've done it, I've done it, all God's children's done it, right? We reflect on, we rehash the ugly memory, replay each dreaded detail until the event is reinforced and reaffirmed in our minds. These actions, though, folks, it's really non-productive. And they form a toxic habit that drains the very life out of us. The truth is, for example, if a child uh, scrapes his knee, let's use that for example, that wound will heal only if he leaves it alone, right? But if he continuously picks at it, that wound is not going to heal. It's most likely going to get infected. And I don't, I'm not a nurse. I'm not a doctor. But that much I know. Hmm? So it is with our memories. Some folks handle ugly memories by just glibly or casually saying, I'll just give it time because time heals all things. We've heard that, haven't we? But the truth is, time only will heal what you let it. Hmm? Memories are like a running sore. And it can fester and hurt for years, undiminished by time. Especially if we keep picking at it. The writer of Hebrews 12, 13 said, let it be healed. He implies that healing is a choice we make, not one that time alone makes. Does that make sense? Number two, still under harmful ways, uh, we try to deal with painful memories by, number two, repression. We try to shove them down, just push them down or push them away. We repeatedly say things like, oh, won't you just go away? Would you just leave me alone? But how many know repression is no good either? Because have you ever tried to push a cork down in water? You shove it down here, it pops up over here, right? You shove it down there, and it'll pop up over here. Psychologists, notice this on your worksheet, estimate that we spend as much as 50% of our emotional energy trying to repress painful memories. We can't fully live today because half of our energy is being used to deal with something that occurred yesterday or 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Oh, somebody say, heaven help us. Number three, another attempt we make at dealing with past hurts is to rationalize. And how about this one, run away. We rationalize when we say things like, you know, everybody's got a skeleton or two in their closet. What's the big deal? 
That's rationalization. Or, or we try to forget by, we run from it by staying busy and being lost in the crowd, so to speak, and avoiding any silence. Um, but the memory is there. And our subconscious mind eats away. That memory eats away like a cancer. And that's why so many people today are by the droves, they're turning to some form of tranquilizer. Whether it be alcohol, sleeping pills, all sorts of drugs, simply turning to those things so they can cope. But how many know those are poor attempts? Sinful, broken attempts on how to deal with what really is the root issue? Number four, another way we handle memories is through guilt. We browbeat ourselves, we demean ourselves, we wallow in self inflicted guilt. The story usually goes like this it's very simple and very short. I was tempted, I gave in, and now I hate myself. Hmm? Such guilt like that can only be handled. In one of two ways, it must be forgiven or it must be punished. And if one cannot find forgiveness, then he will find a way to punish himself, mentally or physically. That's just how our human nature is wired. So we've looked at some fruitless ways of dealing with our painful past memories. How many is ready to look for some helpful ways? I want some Christ-honoring ways to deal with painful memories of the past. How can your mental hurt be healed? How can my mental hurt be healed? Number one, first we must discern and believe that we alone cannot heal ourselves. All healing of every kind comes from the healer who is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only one who can really, truly heal painful memories. Guess what? Dr. Phil Donahue, Hugh, who, whoever he is, he can't do it. Right? Oh, Miss Oprah, Miss Oprah Winfrey. Hey, Pastor Jones can't. Deacon Smith can't, right? But the good news is Christ can. And since Pentecost, he has come to us via the Holy Spirit. And he can be everywhere at one time. Guess what? He can be down in my heart, healing my pain, at the same time be in your heart, all the way in the back, healing your pain. Somebody say, that's just like Jesus. See, getting free from past pain is possible. And, and the most important part is learning how to be open, be honest, and uh, transparent with God. You know, we may have spent many years picking at some painful thorns in our soul. But by now, they're inflicted. Um, and they've, in, they've infected and they've become painful. It's time to let Christ remove the thorn. Huh? He was pierced by thorns so you and I don't have to be. 
right? He can heal our painful mental thorns if we'll let him. Number two, secondly, we must remember that Christ knows all about us. And guess what? He still loves us. Oh, somebody ought to celebrate that. Guess what? He knows what we've done. He knows what you've done. Your spouse may not know, but he knows, and he knows what's been done to us. He knows where we're broken. He knows where we're hurting, and yet he still loves us. He still cares. He still wants us to have a peace. Psalm 147, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. See, how does he do it? How does he do that? By our repentance, by our confession, and our faith in His grace. See, remember, <coughs> remember back as you uh, as being a child. You remember? Did you have any bully in your class? Remember how a child uh, who was that bully would come and maybe knock you down on the playground and 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 twist your arm until you screamed. And about that time, he, had, he would set his terms of release by saying something like, say uncle and I'll let you go. Remember that? See, God has so constructed our universe that our sins always find us out. They come back to us with guilt and they bully us until we cry out to God for forgiveness. Huh? We can see this from the very beginning in Adam and Eve's experience. They sinned and they ran and hid from God in Eden. Their guilt would not allow them to face God when he came to speak with them and commune with them in the cool of the day. And when the Lord comes and he asks, what have you done? They passed the blame. They rationalized why? Pride would not let them repent and confess and ask for His mercy. And so it was that God drove them from His presence into a fallen world of pain. And it has been pain, pain, pain ever since. Right? And their sins bullied them until they repented. If you today, here tonight, find yourself bullied by painful memories alienated from God, torn with pride and long-time habits of rationalization, then Job 22.21 is the scripture you need to know. Basically, it says where Job said this, agree with God and be at peace. That's what he said. Job 22.21, agree. You've got to come to that place where you agree with God, then you can be at peace. Proverbs 28, 13 says it this way. He that covereth his sins shall not what? Prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Somebody say mercy. Number three, process the painful memory with Jesus. See, the idea is to engage our mind and heart in a process of walking through that painful experience, but walk through it with Jesus. Picture Christ in the scene. Because such a use of your imagination can be a powerful catalyst of healing. 
Don't try to hide things any longer. Quit pretending it's not there. You're not fooling God. You just might be fooling yourself. Come out and face God in prayer because prayer is the meeting point in which we present the totality of our lives before the living gaze of God. And nothing is off limits as we learn to invite Him into every moment of our everyday. Do what Adam and Eve never did. And that is say, all right, Lord, I did it. I did it. I sinned. Right? I repent of it. Please forgive me. Please help me. Oh, it takes humility to do that. Doesn't it? John 1, 9, what's it say? If we confess our sins, He is what? Faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Cleanse us. Quite often, forgiveness of painful past sins is not enough. Healing of the memories of those sins is also required. And I want you to notice, Christ often healed the blind, the lame, the deaf, lepers. But not only is physical healing often needed, mental healing in several of the occasions throughout the gospel was necessary as well. Do you hear me? Mental healing. And guess what? Christ would heal the mind too. I don't think Christ ever repaired the body without also repairing the mind. We humans, we get locked into the present. We cannot relive the past or escape to the future. But here, here, listen. Christ is not limited to time. He can walk back into our past and He can touch each broken moment in our past. Did you get that? Why? Because he's not limited to time. He can heal that painful past memory. Why not ask him to walk back into your past and make you whole? Why not? Give him permission. Give him permission to come into your life, go back into your past, and heal those painful memories. Ask him to walk back into every second or moment of your life to heal every hurt, heal every disappointment, and take away every fear and forgive every sin. If you'll ask him to, he'll do it. Ask him to fill you with his love and his joy and a peace. Amen. Amen. Listen to Christ, number four, when he speaks to the pain. Listen when he speaks to the pain. Having invited Christ into that scene, you now need to listen to what he has to say about that memory. As he gently, as you with him, simply, simply shift through the details and place them in his hands, and, and he deals and dialogues with you, if he shows you a moment of truth, then process it. If he shows you a lesson that needs to be learned, then learn it. Right? If he reveals a forgiveness that needs to be offered, then offer it. If grace needs to be extended, then extend it. Hey, if confession needs to be made, then confess it. Listen to the Lord's advice and embrace it. You'll be glad you did. Number five. Then you got to let go. Somebody say, let go. Let it go. Let go of the painful memory. Your security is not in that. Your identity is not in that. It's in Christ. 
Oh, hallelujah. I'm feeling a little better than you are, I think. You see, at a certain point, we need to learn to reject the lies and the dysfunction that flow from painful memories. Having observed and processed the memory, there comes a point where you are strengthened with the help of the Lord and you're able to say, okay, enough is enough. I've been limited by this memory long enough. I've been robbed by its guilt long enough. I'm determined to move beyond this past and painful memory, not by repressing it, but rather by addressing it and processing it scripturally. Amen. Amen. Finally, number six. Once you've let it go, everybody say let it go. Determine to stay free pain free that is because how many know i know we're every one of us in here is aware of how a sick person can get well but then if they fail to take care of themselves what happens they relapse hello this can happen with the healing of painful memories in our Uh, hearts, minds, and souls as well. Our long-term, notice this on your worksheet, our long-term healing depends on our willingness to get up and move on into new life. Get up, move on, embrace a new future. In uh, Scripture, Satan is often referred to as an accuser, slanderer, Zechariah 3.1, Revelation 12.10. He loves to come and he loves to whisper and he'll say something like, oh, remember that? Yeah. Yeah, you did that, didn't you? Remember what happened next? And he'll walk you through all the mess. Bringing it all right back to your memory. His trick is to get us to restage the painful memory in our mind. Listen, folks, you got to stop taking his bait. Hello? Somebody say, stop taking the bait. Stop bringing it up. There's an old poem, and I don't have it, but it's about a man whose job it was to rechisel worn and weathered tombstones. The rain, the ice over the years would all but erase the grave marker's words and his job was to restore them. So he would go with a chisel and he would try to cut them out again. Listen, that's what Satan tries to get you to do, me to do, to rethink and thus re-etch the painful past in our minds. To retain our healing, we have to refuse to re-chisel. Amen. Instead, learn to think about our past as God does, and here's how it works. Each time Satan feeds you an impulse to reconsider a sinful past, simply do it. But don't do it the devil's way. Do it God's way. Satan whispers, you did that, didn't you? Remember? You say, you know what? I did it. And it was a sin. That action helped crucify Christ. Hello. But God took Christ's death and used it to atone for my sins. He died for me, devil, and he died for my redemption. And now I belong to Christ by faith. I'm a new creation. 
Old things have passed away, even my old sins and my memories of them. I now live for Christ with a clean slate. Hello. That's how you agree with God. And guess what? It'll lead to a peace in your mind. I can promise you either <coughs> we'll do it Satan's way and sink into misery again and again, or we'll do it God's way and use Satan's accusations as an opportunity to think on the cross. And since Satan hates us remembering the cross, he's going to stop accusing, and then we'll be free to start forgetting those things which are behind, like Paul said, to do. Have you ever noticed how you can park your car? I did it just recently. You can park your car at a shopping center, moments later come out and forget for the life of you where you parked it. Now, if you can do that with something worth $10,000 or $20,000, you can do that with a worthless sin of the past. Hello. Okay, I'm going to try to wind down here. How many know God has a marvelous spiritual eraser? Praise God. And that eraser was made possible by Christ's atonement. Right? The ugly past can dissolve from our mind, or at least the detrimental emotional impact can be mellowed and lessened and put in proper uh, spiritual perspective. I'm convinced, folks, oftentimes we travel through our lives with overpacked, overstuffed bags. Baggage. Everybody say baggage. We're burdened with too much luggage. We can't enjoy where we are because of where we've been. Hmm? And we need to agree with God, as Job said, and be at peace. Open up our lives to Christ and the Holy Spirit. Allow him to go through those memories, healing and discarding them. In Shakespeare's The Tempest, the character uh, Prospero, I believe, he said this, and I quote, Let us not burden our remembrances with a heaviness that's gone. Did you get that? Let us not burden our remembrances with a heaviness that's gone. This is the same challenge from Paul the Apostle when he said, go ahead and forget those things behind. Refuse to let your yesterdays take up your todays. Paul says, leave the past covered in the grace of God and walk with Christ today in newness of life. The Apostle Paul decided he was not going to burden himself with his past life. And believe me, he had a past. He said, I'm the chief of all sinners. His former legalistic lifestyle and stoning of Stephen and the hate and the beatings and the stonings and the covetousness, all of those were forgiven. And those memories, you know he had tons of memories, but yet he let Christ heal them. Ooh. You find Paul at peace. Because he said, this one thing I do, Sister Jones, you can come piano. Forgetting those things which are behind. Say it with me. Reaching forth 
unto those things which are before. Say it with me. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. Praise God. Let's stand together. How many know we all have aspects of our past that we would like to see go away? Go away. Painful memories, and it's a natural part of being a human in a fallen world. It doesn't necessarily mean that we had bad parents or that we were bad people, but the truth is that we are. to its true potential in Christ. See, David, David knew this in Psalm 23 when he said, He restoreth my soul. Hallelujah. He restoreth my soul. Our spirit can be made new. Praise God. Praise God. Why don't you take your hymn book Turn to page 518. Praise God. The most important thing is that we do whatever it takes to have a healthy mind. As we go back to our theme passage, Paul said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. A healthy mind, one with healed memories and emotions. The renewing of the mind is the single most important factor in the living of a transformed life. If we will change our minds, we can change our lives. If we can change our lives, God can change our world through us. So page 518 is simply that hymn called The Healer. And look at verse 3. It says, He has healed my sick soul. That includes the painful memories. Hello? It goes on to say, Made me every whit whole. That includes my mind, right? And guess what? He'll do the same for you. He's the same yesterday, today, and for a, this healer of men today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
He has healed my sick soul, made me every widow, and he'll do the same for you. He's the same yesterday and today and for a this healer of man today. Sing it now. Oh, he was wounded for our transgressions. Oh, he was bruised for our iniquity. Surely he bore our sorrows and by his stripes we are healed you know as a born again believer our spirit has been made new the soul however contains these unhealed hurts patterns of thinking and feeling that are contrary to the to the love the joy and the peace of god that he has placed in your spirit. So by following Christ, by serving others, by being involved in your local church, we can begin a journey that over time, everybody say over time, will bring many of these wounds and past hurts to the surface. And when that occurs, God desires to heal our soul and give us a new way of thinking about our past, and also about our future. I'm glad for the child of God, the future is always bright. Oh, hallelujah, somebody ought to rejoice right there. No matter how glim, I mean, the doom may be surrounding you right now, child of God. But listen, in time, God, God has a bright future. Let him heal every painful memory in your past. He'll do it tonight if you let him. Let him do the work. These altars are open. God bless you. I probably went into overtime. If you want to take some time and join us in the altars, God bless you as you do so. Amen. If you've got to go, God bless you. Thank you for being here, saints of God. I so appreciate your presence. May God bless you. May you continue to pursue the mind of Christ in all things. Hallelujah.